everybody. Danny Ramsey here with My Outdesk. Now, today's guest is an interesting one because he doesn't necessarily apply to the general everybody audience, which is weird, but here's the thing. He's an SEO nerd, like a mad scientist nerd who knows everything about building links and driving content and traffic. He is the CEO of Esquire Marketing, ESQ.Marketing. Matthew Lauren is his name. And I'm really excited because he's taking a topic that is really important to scaling your business and he's breaking it down step by step and giving you a realistic time frame, how to tools, everything you need to do to actually use content, use Google and blog posts and, and just basically drive revenue through your SEO strategy, which for a lot of us is a black box. So I'm really excited for this episode. Tune in now. If you enjoy our podcast or this show, just hit the button below and subscribe now. Like Matthew, all we do is have entrepreneurs, CEOs, C-suite people, founders talk about how to scale and drive revenue in their business. And they always come on the show and they don't preach about it or think about it or tell you what the coaches say or the strategists or marketing, they break down the step-by-step -step processes that they've used in order to win, which is why this podcast exists to help you grow and scale your business. Matthew, thanks for being here today. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on the show. Okay. So we're going to rock in and talk about SEO real quick though, before we do talk, tell the audience a little bit about your company and like how you guys got founded and started and what your main focus is. Yeah, sure. So uh, we are ESQ.marketing. We're an SEO firm that serves uh, only attorneys. So we only work with law firms and uh, we were founded actually this year. Uh, our launch date was March, 2020. Um, nice. and, but we're definitely not new to the industry. So I've been working with in the SEO and digital marketing vertical for, oh geez, a little over 10 years now. Wow. And uh, with attorneys specifically for about seven or eight years, our parent organization is rankings.io. So the way it happened was uh, we were referring business out to non-personal uh, injury related law firms. So uh, we we're focused on enterprise clients, PI law firms that tend to be much larger in scale due to the types of cases that they handle. And uh, we were referring any other attorney out to other other digital marketing firms that maybe weren't necessarily competing in the same vertical. Yep. And uh, what we found was over the course of just a few years, we referred out over $2 million in business. And we're like, wow. what are we doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was director of marketing at that point for rankings.io. And I was tapped by my boss, Chris Dreyer, who uh, said, hey, do you want to be CEO of this agency that we're going to spin off? Because we had talked about spinning off an agency for a long time and everybody thought it was a good idea. And I was like, sure, I'm honored. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. So that was January of last year, actually late, late in 2019. And then we uh, started building the site in January, uh, launched it in March and uh, didn't look back. Got uh, a little over 10 clients now, 10 SEO clients. Uh, we do PPC as well. And then uh, we have a few website design clients too. So uh, it's growing. That's just in the past uh, what four or five months. Yeah, well, that's super successful if in your first year and you launched, just to be clear, you launched during coronavirus times. Yes, we launched in the middle of a pandemic and, yeah. uh, and we just reached profitability last month. So I love it. So it's a, <laughs> it's a success story. Congratulations on being a CEO of a brand new startup and making money in, in year one, which by the way is a record. Nobody does that. So yeah. And I can't take full credit. It's not like I had no help. So we were, we uh, had a lot of backing from the parent company and 
sure. um, a lot of cash infusion. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I don't want to diminish our, our, our accomplishments. It's, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of success and, you know, serving that other, that other area of clientele that we were referring out before. And kind of I love it. Family. Well, for our audience, and I, and I only bring people who are actually doing it onto the show because there's a lot of marketing companies out there who run a podcast and they, they have conversations with experts or coaches or, or people who think they've ran a business or drove revenue. And so I always like to get the CEO who's in the startup mode or, or execute mode and have them share their expertise. Cause this is a, you know, scaling your business podcast, right? We're focused on how do we scale a business? And so SEO is like one of those black boxes. Nobody really understands it or not a lot of business owners do. So I want to spend our time today, Matthew, just breaking down, like what are the practical steps that any business owner or, or marketing director or any person could implement and start seeing success in the SEO world? We can do that. We can do that. So, uh, What's your first question? Where do we start? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, where, where do you start? If, if I'm, so let's say, let's let's paint a picture, right? I'm, I'm generating a million dollars in revenue. Um, I've tapped out my existing referral sources database and I realize there's this whole universe of SEO and I want to start competing online. What's step one to kind of drive to that success? Step one is probably a little bit different than what you would you would think, uh, you know, some people might say keyword research, find out what keywords are people are searching for, you know, figure out your content. Those are all really important initial steps. But yep. the very first thing is just to realize if SEO is for you or not. And it isn't for everybody. Part of that whole mythical thing that you describe, it's, I get that constantly. Like people just don't understand it. Um, or they maybe know a little bit about SEO and they, uh, they just don't know any of the details. And, and part of the thing that happens when people don't understand it is they think they need it, but they don't really know uh, that they don't need it. Your audience may not be on Google searching for you. Um, and that's true for a lot of industries, a lot of B2B industries. Like for example, I talked to an attorney the other day who deals with uh, real estate law and many of their clients are huge corporations that own millions of units across uh, New York City. And, and they're not Googling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a person like that is tapping their referral network to try to figure out what attorney to go with. Um, right. And the same for other, other large scale businesses uh, that are dealing with other businesses. Like if you're a steel company and you're, you're selling to an auto manufacturer, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there may be some things to help make it so that you uh, look halfway presentable in search, but, but an ongoing SEO campaign is probably not the best place to spend your money. So I say first step, figure out if it's for you. If you're B2C, there's a good chance that uh, SEO is going to be helpful uh, because consumers go to search constantly. Uh, yep. More than 70% of people go to a search engine to, to find what they're looking for online. Um, and so if you're B2C, there's a good chance that SEO is something you need to be strongly considering. If you're B2B, maybe uh, just you get to look at your audience, uh, figure out how your audience is finding you. Is it on search? Is it on social? Is it um, through a referral network. Is it, how do you find that shows? out though, Matthew, how do you find that out? Like if, if I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I know nothing about SEO and you're telling me to find out. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that leads me to my next first step. <laughs> this is the um, second first step. I love yes, it. Keyword research. So um, part of keyword research is just figuring out if there's search volume for keyword phrases. When I first talk with clients, they're like, man, I want to rank for the word this. And I want to rank for this term. And you kind of have yeah. to pull back and say, wait a minute. There's this thing called searcher intent where you have to figure out what keyword phrases people are using to fit, to find your product or service and whether those phrases have searcher intent. And we're in the legal vertical, so that's what I was the top of mind for me. So 
you know, ranking for the term lawyer is probably not going to get you the kind of leads you want, but ranking for the term car accident lawyer is if you're a PI attorney is probably going to get you uh, more relevant traffic. If, if you're in the Houston area, ranking for car accident lawyer, Houston, is probably going to get you, you know, the exact type of, of cases that you want. There's so, a formula here though. There's a formula here. Like what's at the bottom of the funnel versus the top of the funnel, right? That's true. But, um, in finding out if your audience is searching for you, really just go into like a free tool like Google Trends or uh, Google AdWords or now Google Ads has a, a free keyword research tool to see if there's search volume for mm-hmm. whatever keyword phrases you think that people might be using to find you. And you can start by just taking what you would use. You know, uh, right. if you're an attorney and you think people are searching for uh, a state lawyer, you know, St. Louis, go type that in and usually those tools will give you, uh, those are called seed keywords because the tools will give you other keyword phrases that are similar to those that people might be searching for. And chances are, if you don't see any volume for a lot of the popular phrases that may may have purchase intent, there's probably nobody using search or very few people using search to find your service. Yep. So then you're just focused on brand. I mean, I guess the conversation is if you, if you don't have a lot of search volume, then maybe all you're doing is really branding your website, branding your company name, branding the people within it so yeah. that you feel like they have a status. I, yeah. I would say if, uh, if you're, if you're interested in, you know, gaining prominence in search and there isn't a lot of search volume for your particular service or product, focusing on your brand name is, is a good use of time because people will, see you on social, see you at TV, see you on, or hear you on radio or any other channel. And then they'll go to search and look for you. So you definitely want to show up for your brand name, especially if you have something common. I love it. I love Okay. So step one, figure out if your audience purchases through, you know, search basically. Step two, research your keywords, make sure there's volume. What's step three? So this is where you can kind of get into the weeds a little bit. There's a lot of different things that impact where a site ranks in search. A lot of it has to do with how your site is built and a lot of it has to do with the links pointing at your website. I would say after you find that there's keyword phrases you can use and you decide which ones you're going to use based on purchase intent, the next step is to uh, make sure that your uh, your website is structured in a way that, that uh, will help it rank well in search. Um, and you can do that. Google has a lot of free tools, Google Search Console, there's even some limited uh, free use of tools like SEO Moz or Moz's uh, SEO tool. Uh, Ahrefs has just come out with a free version, uh, Ahrefs Search Console. I think it's called a- ASC. It's either already launched or it's launching soon where you can get some some of their data for free to try to uh, see how your site shapes up. SEMrush is another good one that we use. So- we're talking tools now. So what you're saying is step one, figure out if your people buy online, step two, figure out what your keywords. And then it sounds like step three is get a tool to start measuring your existing website and, or, you know, your competitors websites, I guess, and figure out where the holes are. I mean, you can, we can go through like every single thing, but a tool will, you can oftentimes take your site, plug it in, and it'll do a, an audit for you, and yep. it'll point out any deficiencies. Um, I mean, there's we have lots of content on our site, esqmarketing.com, uh, or I'm sorry, esq.marketing, <laughs> uh, where you can uh, you know learn about some of the common things to look for for what we call it on-site SEO, some of the things that are related to your site that you have control over that you need to change. And a lot of it has to do with content organization, you know, making yeah. sure that each page is uh, is targeting a specific keyword phrase, making sure that the keyword phrases are 
um, in, in key foundational places of those pages, you know, in the title and the meta descriptions and the headings, uh, making sure that you have robust content for that particular topic. And what I always tell people is Google that keyword phrase and see what the top ranking pages are, look at their content, and then try to make your content better than those those pages. Make, make your- You're moving too fast, Matthew. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to slow you down because, so yeah. get a tool like uh, SEMrush or Moz. I like the paid version. I'm, sounds like you're using some version of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then make sure your website is structured to be optimized for search. That is yeah. probably where a company like you comes in, right? Like that's not something that I'm going to know or a customer is going to know. That's where you guys add your secret sauce. That whole statement encompasses a lot of moving parts. So there's a lot to look for when you're talking about auditing on-site structure. Yep. And you'll if you do go out and sign up for a tool and plug your site in and get an audit, you'll you'll see that you'll learn that a lot. Of, yeah, there are a lot of areas where. Yep. Uh, I mean, your site could be fine, but there could be a lot of areas where there's issues that you need to optimize, and it runs the gamut from technical aspects and coding to content structure and uh, keyword cannibalization. And um, so, yeah, it it does help to have a professional take a look at it. They right. can cut through a lot of the noise and let you know, hey, these are the things you should be focusing on right now. I know like several years ago, we were building our, our, our content creation strategy here at my outdesk and we didn't have blog segmented from webinar. So all of our blogs and webinars looked the same on our site. And what that meant was when we got to the tool, like we use SEMrush, when we got to that tool, there was no way to effectively measure the results from either webinars or the results from the content we were creating in blogs or the results. And so structure is a big deal. And I I don't want to glaze over it because what I'd spent probably the first seven, eight years of my career, we didn't have an effective website content structure in place. So we, we didn't know which one was winning for us in terms of generating traffic. Yeah, that can be a problem. And if you look at Google's, Google's mission statement was to organize the world's information, uh, or at least it used to be at one point. It can really confuse them when you don't have a well-organized uh, site in terms of content. Like if you yeah. have one page focused on a lot of different topic areas and it's all over the place, um, they don't necessarily know if that's the best particular uh, piece of content for, for that topic area when they go and they look in their index to show it to somebody who's searching for it. So it's really important to delineate uh, what each topic area is about and then not, not worry about other pages on your site. You know, a lot of people uh, want to go through the entire website and, and optimize everything, but it's like privacy, privacy policy pages, uh, disclaimers, contact pages, Sometimes even bio pages to a certain extent don't don't matter as much as your your core uh, service area pages. For attorneys, it's practice area pages. You know those need yep. to be top notch, optimized, and then blog post pages need to be need to be really good. Um, but a lot of those other things you can just ignore. I love it. I love it. Okay, so you moved on content. So once you've nailed your keywords, once you have the structure right, once you have the tools to measure, then you've got to put out a whole bunch of content. We get clients all the time hiring our virtual assistant to help them write blogs, do videos, do webinars, put content out, like create stuff, right? Yeah. But I guess what I'm curious you know, how long, if I'm, if I'm sitting at zero, you know, not really caring about, you know, SEO or organic traffic or driving this, and then I hire a firm like yours, and then we start putting out content, how much content do I have to put out? And then what's the time frame I need to wait realistically to start seeing 
good results? I love that question because um, you see so much out there about content is king and, and content's the most important thing. And it is really important, uh, but it's kind of a, a two, two-part thing. You have to have the content, but then you also have to promote it. And the way we promote in uh, SEO is link building. You have to build links. You have to produce the best content better than your, your competitors, better than any competing piece of content uh, that's ranking on the first page. But you also have to consistently build links to that content and to your site and then links internally to that content and to other important pages on your site in order to get it to rank. And if you have a consistent link building strategy and you're also developing really good content, I mean, depending on how competitive the keyword phrase is, I, I can't always say it's always going to be the same time frame, but yeah. um, you know, you could, it could be from zero to getting a decent amount of traffic could be anywhere from five months to eight months with a consistent link building strategy and then continuously improving that content. It could you know be faster crazy? if it's less competitive, but. Yeah. What's crazy is every time I ask you a question, you give me the next two or three steps. So I got to slow you down. <laughs> Sorry you're, about that. You're amazing. And, and if you're listening right now, I, what I love is when I'm nerding out with somebody like you, because most people are like, Oh, I don't need to learn about that. But this is such a valuable piece of driving leads online. And now with coronavirus and you can't go into offices and you can't go, there's no retail. If, if you don't have a digital strategy around content and SEO, you're basically, you know, going to plateau and or decline over the next three to five years. Yeah. You're on the struggle bus for sure. Struggle bus. I love it. So <laughs> what I want to hear is, so what I heard was five months. Um, I didn't hear a number of content pieces. Like what, what number would you say is re required over those five months to start seeing traction? No magic number, but I like that you asked that too, because I have so many good stories about this. So I used to, I used to work before I um, started running this agency, before I worked for an agency, actually, I did a lot of freelance work and I did a lot of freelance work as a content writer. Yep. Um, and I worked for uh, another agency generating content for their blog. Uh, I worked alongside two other writers weekly. Yep. We generated 1500 word blog posts, each one of us, thousands yep. of words of content Yep. every week. And God, it must've gone on for months. We kept looking at the traffic, looking at the traffic, nothing was happening. We weren't yeah. getting any more traffic as a result yeah. of this. And that was when I was new to uh, digital marketing and SEO in hindsight, we weren't promoting enough. We weren't building enough links to that content. We weren't promoting it on social, um, which can help in turn generate links. Yep. Uh, so, so you have to do that. And then. So hold on, because here you go again, I'm, I, and I'm going to, I've got to keep you along the path. So how much content do I need to produce on a weekly basis? If in five months I want to see real, real results in this SEO game. I would go with maybe two to three posts per month. Long posts, yeah. seven eight hundred to fifty. posts, yeah, seven at least seven fifty to a thousand words, if not more. Yeah. Um, however, there's a phenomenon that occurs if you generate too much content. I I talked with one attorney who was generating uh, a thousand word blog posts every day, and I don't even know how he had time to write that, but he had so many posts on his site that uh, a lot of it is leaking link equity. So if you if you build links to a site and you're and you're generating tons of pages away from the site or not away from the site, but if you're generating tons of pages on the site with links leading away from the site, it can diminish your effectiveness in terms of link building. Um, yep. And there's also a lot of content on the site that may not be getting traffic. Uh, so I would say to start, it's, it's a good practice to generate a few blog posts a month, but they got, you know, the content has to be good and it has to be getting traffic. It can't just be content for content's sake is what I always tell people. 
I love what you're saying. Okay. So two pieces a month, the link equity, I don't think people know what that means. I certainly have never heard that term before, but describe the right amount of promotion, link building, backlinks that is required for that two big, good blog posts a month. What does that look so, like? There isn't a set amount of links either. Of course. It's really- this is like a science, right? Because it, <laughs> the competition matters, the algorithm matters, you know, like there's just a whole bunch, how good the content is, how specific to your links. I realize yeah. that, but give us some ballparks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not lost on me that there's a lot of, there's a nebulous nature to SEO, but yep. I mean, for a lot of our clients that if we're, if we're getting them results and not being overly aggressive, uh, we're generally building 30 to 40 links a month. And that's for 30 to 40 referring domains. So separate websites. That are and pushing, you know, other websites that are pushing back to those two articles that you're writing. Yeah. Other, other websites that are linking back to those, to those articles or to other pages on the site. Now you got to keep in mind that when you're doing link building, it's not always a guarantee that you're going to be able to get a link where you want it from, you know, both from the publisher and uh, where on the publisher site it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so you could pitch them, Hey, I have this blog post that would be really relevant to your audience. Why don't you link to it? But they may not want to do that. They're like, well, maybe we'll just, we'll publish your article and we'll put a link to you, to your homepage in the byline. Okay. Right. Sometimes you have to settle for that, but then you can link internally to that blog post that you just produced from your homepage uh, if it's important enough to rank in, in search. So yeah, I mean, there's building that many links per month is depending on the time job. Yeah. <laughs> full-time is, job. Yeah. yeah. Look, Daniel, a lot of a lot of what we the proposals that we put forth to clients to let them know yep. how many links we're going to build on a monthly basis is directly proportional to how aggressive we need to be to get them market share. And exactly. So, so if you're a PI attorney and you're going after car accident terms in Los Angeles that are like two hundred dollars a click in PPC, you got to build a lot of links and they got to be high quality from high quality websites. If you're a family lawyer in rural Idaho you're probably not going to need that many links to rank well because there's not a lot of competition for, for those keyword phrases in that general area. If you're rank, trying to rank nationally, it's going to, it's going to be a different story than if you're trying to rank locally uh, yeah. or if your competition is local anyway, like a lot of attorneys are. So I would say those numbers are good places to start, but the strategy, the SEO strategy that, that any business undertakes is going to be largely dependent on what it takes to get them market share in search and how competitive their, their niche is. Yep. And also, I mean, you know, then you have to take in consideration how good their website is, how good the content is. That's I mean, true too. You know, yeah, and then what's the sales cycle? I mean, there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole reason you exist and it's because this stuff is hard, right? It becomes time consuming. Yeah. And it becomes, uh, there are instances in my work where there isn't always a clear answer. And sometimes it takes a little bit of experience Test. and yeah, finesse and a little bit of a, of a guess to know where to to uh, put your resources and, and, uh, and how to get things done. So, but there, I mean, there's definitely places to start. And on the content thing, I'd like to go back to that because there's, there's one thing about content that is a phenomenon that's really, it kind of shakes up the whole culture of, of producing content and SEO. And mm-hmm. I mean, we've had pages where we didn't really, we didn't really generate any new con- content on a site. We just added to existing pages. Uh, yeah. For example, uh, we have a post that ranks on our website uh, on the first page, SEO for lawyers. We're going after that keyword phrase. We don't produce other content to try to rank for that. We only produce content on a regular basis to improve that post 
uh, and we continuously submit it back to Google so they can recrawl it and continuously improving that with, with new stuff so that it can be the most formidable resource of SEO for lawyers on the web. Got it. Um, sometimes that's the strategy that needs to happen. Sometimes we speak to attorneys who already have like, you know, a bajillion blog posts on their site and it doesn't really make sense to generate more. Um, in fact, sometimes we tell them we need to take ones down. We, we go into Ahrefs and we see which posts don't have traffic. We take those down, uh, redirect them to other pages that are getting traffic. And then we focus on improving the content on pages that are important to rank and where, you know, maybe they didn't, maybe it does, maybe it needs improvement at this point. I love it. I love it. You had mentioned a little, there was a little conversation about social, but I want to make sure that we're clear about not only social, but video and how video and social should be incorporated into this content game so that we're having, we're having the best results. What, what does that look like for you? So um, we don't do social as an agency and then social and SEO I mean, I could speak to it in terms of promotion. I, I, I feel like it's a valuable promotional tool. Yep. Um, look, I mean, social is a great way to promote your site, promote your products and services, whether it's paid or organic. I do think everyone should be at least investigating if social is the right channel for them. And, uh, and if it is, I think you should be you know, present and participating there. I think it's great for um, getting eyeballs on content because you need eyeballs yep. on content in order for people to be like, oh, cool, this is a handy post. I'm going to link to this. So I think it's a secondary channel for SEO, like in, in promoting content to get links. I think it's, it's really valuable there. Um, and what was the other one you mentioned? Video, video. <laughs> video How does yes. video? Yeah. Because I, I feel like, uh, like Google owning YouTube and then Instagram and all of these other, like even TikTok. I mean, these video, video is becoming a bigger part of what matters to the SEO game. And so I'm yeah. curious where, how you guys incorporate that, especially, I mean, I know you serve attorneys and they're not exactly put me on video and record it and put it out into the world. Right. So how do you get your customers in interacting in the video realm? So, uh, even though we don't do video, we, um, there's a, we do, uh, business with companies that, that do videos for attorneys. Crisp video group is one of them. Uh, they do awesome work for attorneys on video. You know, I think there's a, a really strong case for doing video, no matter what your business is, because yep. in terms of SEO, I'm a big fan of metrics that influence Google, like click through rate time on site yep. and content like that is, is often better and more engaging than text content. I mean, you need text content. Uh, Google isn't that great at handling video at least yet. The more you can put engaging content on pages, we'll, we'll sometimes have clients who do have really good video already put it at the top of blog post pages so that when someone clicks through, you know, they'll stay on, this, on the page longer watching the video yep. um, if, it's, if it's appropriate. And things like that can really influence where a page ranks in search. Not, not that a video will help it rank better, but if, if the metrics are showing that people are clicking through and staying on that page longer, Google's more likely and there's, I don't have any evidence of this, but other than my own assumptions based on my experience that yeah. they're going to rank that page higher. I mean, if they see that someone right. found that valuable, why wouldn't they put it higher? Yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Well, Matthew, thanks for your time. I mean, you've, you've opened a Pandora's box. If you're listening to this and you're curious about SEO, I think you're the guy for it. I want to leave them with uh, how to get a hold of you if, if they're an attorney, plus how to get in touch with your, your parent company, if they're in a different vertical, meaning, you know, because most of our audience isn't simply attorneys. We've got a wide variety, but where would somebody go to find you and or find more information about how to make this SEO thing really work? Of course. Um, so if you're a solo or SMB attorney, you can go to esq.marketing. Uh, we work with 
all practice areas, doesn't matter. Uh, if you are a larger firm, uh, yep. particularly in the PI space, go to rankings.io. Okay. And uh, that's our, our parent company that handles enterprise firms. And yeah, we have tons of blog content on SEO if they're interested in learning about SEO. And uh, they can also contact us if, uh, if they have any questions. I'm always happy to hop on a call with attorneys and kind of go through their site, show them what they could be doing better. Our sales process is consultative. So it's not yep. like a, a hard sell where we push people to sign up right then. I mean, if you want to work with us, that's great. If not, I'm happy to show you some free stuff about your website. Yeah, I love it. And this will be our final question, then we'll wrap up. But what should a business, you know, especially an attorney be spending on owning their SEO and their keywords and having their website rank and all that? Like what percentage? Is it two grand? Is it five grand? Is it 10 grand? I'm just kind of curious for the average, you know, practice, you know? Yeah, for like, I mean, if you're doing 300K to 500K in revenue per year as a solo practice or a practice, maybe a couple of attorneys, yeah, I think, and again, depending on your niche, maybe everything outside PI, you're looking at a minimum of like two to three grand a month. I mean, that's really what it takes to generate results in search because like I mentioned all the stuff before, I mean, it's just really labor intensive. There's a lot of outreach that goes on with link building. There's a lot yep. of uh, time spent on you know, building citations, m- making content, organizing yeah. websites. So if you do encounter someone who's, you know, charging a lot less than that, I would just be leery, ask a lot of questions, <laughs> make sure that, uh, cause you know, you get what you pay for. Um, and it's, for sure. it, it's hard for anybody to generate results without, you know, using a budget less than that in today's, uh, today's climate with SEO. And in the 1 million to $10 million range, would you say like five to 10,000 a month is kind of normal budget in this? I world? would, I would say in that range. So just to give you a, an idea, our, the scale of our company, we deal with attorneys that are spending around uh, 2000 a month, all the way up to maybe just under 10,000 a month. Right. Uh, that's kind of our max. We don't, you know, at, at that point, if a firm does require more than that, it's usually a client for rankings and, uh, those types of, of law firms are usually PI firms. They're usually doing multi-million dollar cases. Um, and they're usually in extremely competitive geographic regions, Los Angeles, yep. New York, Chicago, Houston. Yeah. Those guys, they're anything less than 15,000 a month. It's probably not going to move the needle. It's just not. And uh, I would say that's a good starting point. And then upwards from there, um, I, we've seen clients kind of in a nice spot spending, you know, maybe double that, but it's just so super competitive and you can see it in the demand for keyword phrases. Right. Uh, and you can see it in the demand for, uh, for, for those types of services. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would expect. All right, Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we've learned a lot from you and I really appreciate your time and your willingness to just share with our audience. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Daniel.